You are listening to the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee radio broadcast. The host and executive producer is Dr. Janine James. All of their programs are archived, so go to www.timeforanawakening.com and place in the search portal elders. The Sankofa Council of Milwaukee is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank Radio Network. Reach out to them at Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. And I repeat, Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. Finley Medical Clinic. We serve uninsured, underinsured, and insured individuals. Open Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414-988-3079. Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients. Vaccines and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an appointment today at 
still shown as the spirit of the river Open your hands, she's a sweet and steady giver She'll turn your tears of sadness into gladness Praises to Oshun Yeah, yeah, Oshun is the spirit of the river Open your hands, she's a sweet and steady giver She'll turn your tears of sadness into gladness Praises to Oshun Creator, Pata, Oludumare, Odumankoma, Enyame, Ama, Neter, all traditional African names for the one God. Abosun, Orisha, Loa, Neteru, aspects of the divine, Ensamanfo, Sheps, Egungung, ancestors on whose shoulders we stand. Libation, a spiritual offering, a prayer with props to God, to earth with water, fire, air, breath of life of the Creator, divine presence, wisdom, power, 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 connecting us to ancestors, Queen Nzinga, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Kwame Nkuma, Patrice Lumumba, Malcolm X, Stephen Biko. Connecting us to ancestors, struggles to progress, past to present, enlightenment to African cultural, spiritual space, gracing the cosmos, the universe with aspects of the all, encompassing our entire being, singing in harmony with joy, in pleasure, beyond measure, in passion for life, voiced like the song of the river. Flowing with the sensual grace of Oshun. Oshun, Heheru, Nana Esi, Oshun. Representing the beautiful, the feminine features of life. Lightly dancing to a timeless rhythm. In tune with the tone of a spiritual offering. A prayer with props to the highest. Down to earth with water, fire, air. Breath of life of the creator. Divine presence, wisdom, power, 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 like the nucleus, the core, black, sweet, black, woman, energy, strength, black, man, energy, complementing, black, woman, energy, unifying, connecting us to ancestors, Martin Luther King, Queen T, Imhotep, Zumbi, David Walker, Nat Turner, Ida B. Wells, Marcus Garvey, Medgar Evers, Fannie Lou Hamer, Fred Hampton, George Jackson, Bob Marley, Peter Taj, John Henry Clark, Fela, Fela, Anikulapo, Kuti, connecting us to ancestors, struggles to progress, past to present to future, transcending space and time, ancient to future, black notes. Libation and pie, a spiritual donation to creation, creatively opening the way from this day forward for divine melody, presence, rhythm, wisdom, word, power.
History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people Hello, is the same of Africa, I greet you in the name of the Universal Negro Improvement Association and African Communities League of the World. You may ask, what organization is that? It is for me to inform you that the Universal Negro Improvement Association is an organization that seeks to unite into one solid body the 400 million Negroes of the world. The link of the 15 million Negroes of the United States of America with the 20 million Negroes of the West Indies, the 40 million Negroes of South and Central America, with the 280 million Negroes of Africa, for the purpose of bettering our industrial, commercial, educational, social, and political conditions. As you are aware, the world in which we live today is divided into separate race groups and distinct nationalities. Each race and each nationality is endeavoring to work out its own destiny to the exclusion of other races and other nationalities. We hear the cry of England for the Englishman, of France for the Frenchman, of Germany for the German, of Ireland for the Irish, of Palestine for the Jew, of Japan for the Japanese, of China for the Chinese. We of the Universal Negro Movement Association are raising the cry of Africa for the Africans, those at home and those abroad. There are 400 million Africans in the world who have Negro blood coursing through their veins. And we believe that the time has come to unite these 400 million people for the one common purpose of bettering their condition. The great problem of the Negro for the last 500 years has been that of this unity. No one or no organization ever succeeded in uniting the Negro race. But within the last four years, the Universal Negro Movement Association has worked wonders in bringing together in one fold four million organized Negroes who are scattered in all parts of the world, being in the 48 states of the American Union, all the West Indian Islands, and the countries of South and Central America and Africa. These four million people are working to convert the rest of the 400 million scattered all over the world, and it is for this purpose that we are asking you to join our ranks and to do the best you can to help us to bring about an emancipated race. If anything praiseworthy is to be done, it must be done through unity. And it is for that reason that the Universal Negro Improvement Association calls upon every Negro in the United States to rally to its standards. We want to unite the Negro race in this country. We want every Negro to work for one common object, that of building a nation of his own on the great continent of Africa. That all Negroes all over the world are working for the establishment of a government in Africa means that it will be realized in another few years. We want the moral and financial support of every Negro to make the dream a possibility. Already, this organization has established itself in Liberia, West Africa, and is endeavoring to do all possible to develop that Negro country to become a great industrial and commercial commonwealth. Pioneers have been sent by this organization to Liberia, and they are now laying the foundations upon which the 400 million Negroes of the world will build. If you believe that the Negro has a soul, if you believe that the Negro is a man, if you believe the Negro was endowed with the senses commonly given to other men by the Creator, then
then you must acknowledge that whatever men have done, Negroes can do. We want to build up cities, nations, governments, industries of our own in Africa, so that we'll be able to have a chance to rise from the lowest to the highest.
This message has been brought to you by WMFW, which means we must fight and win FM. Stay tuned for more music coming at you. All right. You are listening to the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee radio broadcast. The host and executive producer is Dr. Janine James. All of their programs are archived, so go to www.timeforanawakening.com and place in the search portal, Elders, the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee, is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank Radio Network. Reach out to them at Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. And I repeat, Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. Welcome, and this is Dr. Janine James of the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee. We're so delighted to be here with you today, and we are here to tell you and talk with you about and listen to you about Garvey Fest, Garvey Fest representing our learning about and celebrating Marcus Garvey. And Milwaukee will be celebrating its 33rd annual celebration of Garvey Fest. That's coming up, and we're going to learn more about that as well as Marcus Garvey and the movement We're going to learn about that from our guests who will be here with us today, and that's Mr. Melvin Johnson, and we are delighted to have him here with us today. We are in for a treat, and I can tell you I have found this to be an exciting story for us to learn more about. But before we go into that, we're going to also recognize our co-host that will be here with us today, and that is Sister Afua Mayat, who's here with us, uh, as well as always a special treat, Queen Mother Shabaka, who will be here with us today, and we will start, Sister Afua, if you would please give us the purpose of the Sankofa Council from our bylaws. Yes. Um, Hotep, to 
those that are here on the panel and for our listeners and our guests. The Sankofa of Milwaukee purpose statement is as follows. The Sankofa Council of Milwaukee is an ever-evolving community dedicated to cultivating Sankofa, the reclaiming of our African memory, our African governance, and our African spirituality in order to provide healing and empowered environment for people of African descent globally. Through an immersive exploration of study and practice, we uh, exemplify the principles of which provides moral and unifying values as the foundation for constant movement towards restoring our people to our traditional greatness. We study and amplify the ancestral laws of Ma'at that allowed our ancestors to flourish, survive, and pass on a legacy of greatness and to interact harmoniously with the world by honoring the universe, consciousness, and all of creation. We contribute the skill set that we have acquired as we seek ways to share with our descendants the principles that have historically been our strength and that have sustained us through captivity, colonization, acculturation, and we are dedicated and committed for as long as it takes to fulfill this purpose. Ashe. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Fua, for providing this very valuable information. And we are also uh, going to be uh, talking about not only Marcus Garvey, but we also like to use this show as an opportunity to share with our listeners the principles of Nguza Saba and the principle that we would like to recognize today is Tuji Chagalil. And to do that and to give honor to that, we've asked Queen Mother Shabaka to share with us uh, more information. So of the day of Kuchi Chagalil. Queen Mother Shabaka? Yes. Uh, thank you for having me again to talk about the Nguzo Saba, which are dear to my heart. And we struggle to bring some peace and harmony to our families and communities and nations. So tonight, uh, I'm supposed to talk about Kuji Chagalia, uh, which is one of the principles of the Nguzo Saba. And the Nguzo Saba, which means seven principles, according to Dr. Maulana Karenga, who authored them, is a set of principles and a program which inspires a 
personal and social practice that not only satisfies human needs, but transforms a people in the process, making us self-conscious agents of our own lives and liberation. Such a transformative practice will of necessity also lead to the building of moral communities and to the constant becoming of the best of what it means to be both African and human in the fullest sense. This is uh, from Dr. Maulana Karenga. So the seven principles are emojas, unity, kujitagulia, self-determination, ujima, collective work and responsibility, ujamaa, cooperative economics, nia, purpose, kuumba, creativity, and imani, faith. Today, we're focusing on kujitagulia as we talk about Garvey Fest. Uh, there is no question in anyone's mind that the Honorable Marcus Garvey was the personification of Kujichagalia, which is self-determination. To define ourselves, name ourselves, and speak for ourselves instead of being defined and spoken for by others. So why do we need to define ourselves, name ourselves, and speak for ourselves? As Africans in America, most of us are descendants of the enslaved people who were forcibly and brutally brought to the Americas to provide free labor for the European settlers who came to build a better life than what they had in Europe. According to Professor Kielo Lumumba, the archetypal slave master had only one agenda, to use the African as a beast of burden, which required that the latter be purged of self-esteem and self-worth. To borrow from, from Alan Cayley's roots, Kunta Kente had to die for Toby to be born. Slavery dehumanized Africans in the eyes of the slave master in order for him to justify our mistreatment as creatures without dignity. That's the quote from Professor T.L.O. Lumumba. So the dehumanization process consisted of forcing us to denounce our divine self-concept and forcing us to accept the slave master's subhuman concept of us. Deleting our standard of beauty and giving us theirs, which was the exact opposite of our self-image and was impossible for us to achieve. Raul Neferamin states 
in the foreword to African names, the United Nations has defined as part of genocide, the destruction of a people's culture. When we consider the fact that all cultures, that in all cultures, names have meaning, whether individuals know them or not. The practice of inventing meaningless names for their exotic sound is clear evidence of cultural backsliding. This has to be one of the desired outcomes of the policy imposed by dominating racist nations on others. By deleting our names that identify us as Africans, with a land base, with a cultural identity, and with keys to unlocking our power and our destiny, forcing us to accept their names and their identities, which again, were impossible for us to achieve. That that there, that there is some form of sociological pathology at work in such practices. No sociologist or psychologist can deny it. That's a quote from Dr. Amin. Deleting our memory of our African kingship government that was in harmony with nature, where those who ruled had to exemplify divine laws and they forced us to accept their concept of governance where the criminal and immoral and unjust can be in ruling positions, where racist laws can be enacted, designated the so-called white as privileged and the so-called black as disenfranchised in order to give leverage to the enslavers and their descendants over the enslaved and their descendants. The enslavers deleted our memory of our spiritual practices and our spiritual principles and practices that taught us that we all emanated from our Creator and therefore have all the same essential qualities but in lesser quantities. And that as long as we comply with the universal laws, we can create our own microcosmic world, just as the Creator creates the macrocosm that we call the universe. They force us to adopt their religious story with a Creator that is essentially the same as them, both in appearance and in behavior. For example, white male images, an angry God, a jealous God, a vengeful God, etc. And who empowers the so-called white man to defy the universal law, replacing them with man-made laws designed to ensure their survival 
and control of the enslaved Africans and the world. So how do we practice Kuchichadulia? We must make the highest, highest priority the study of our history and culture and come together in communities to practice restoring African paradigms in our interactions with each other and with the world so that we reclaim our African memory, our African governance, and our African spirituality. A quote from Hasi Matabuchi is, if we let others define us, our existence, our definition will be dependent upon the eyes, ears, and minds of others. Other people's definition of us cannot be accurate for us because their hurt is not our hurt. Their laughter is not our laughter. Their view of the world is not our view of the world. Others' definition of the world is necessary for their survival and control of the world. And for us to adopt their view of the world is a necessary step toward their continued control over us. That's by Haki Matabuti. So how many of us are willing to practice Kuji Chagalia as Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey did? Ashe. 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 Thank you so much, Queen Mother Shabaka. And at this time, I would like to to go into our ancestral profile. And I requested this task because I would say that I'm probably among those who did not bother to really learn anything about Marcus Garvey, but bought into the negative report. So I've, I'm very delighted to have this opportunity to tell about Margaret Garvey, who was born in the year 1887. His birthday was August 17th. Interesting. We're getting close to that time. And Marcus Garvey was a Jamaican. He's considered a political activist, a publisher, a journalist, an entrepreneur, and orator. He was the founder of the first uh, pres- founder and first president general of the Universal Negro Improvement Association, which was covered in the spoken word. And he was also founder of the African Communities League, commonly known as the UNIA. Though he declared himself provisional president of Africa, ideologically a black naturalist and pan-Africanist, his ideas came to be known as Garveyism and Garvey was born into a moderately 
prosperous African Jamaican family in St. Anne's Bay. He was apprenticed into the print trade as a teenager working in Kingston, and he got involved in trade unionism before he briefly lived in Costa Rica, Panama, and England. After he returned to Jamaica, he founded the UNIA in 1914 along with Amy Asherwood, who I learned was his first wife. And in 1916, he moved to the United States and established a UNIA branch in New York City's Harlem district, emphasizing unity between Africans and the African diaspora he campaigned for an end to European colonial rule across Africa and advocated the political unification of the continent. He envisioned a unified Africa as a one-party state governed by himself that would enact laws to ensure black racial purity. Although he never visited the continent, he was committed to the Back to Africa movement, arguing that part of the diaspora should migrate there. Garveyism's ideas became increasingly popular, and the UNIA grew in membership. However, his black separatist views and his relationship with white racists like the Ku Klux Klan in the interest of advancing their shared goal of racial separatism caused the division between Garvey and other prominent African-American civil rights activists such as W.E.B. Du Bois who promoted racial integration. You can see how that would be uh, controversial. Believing that black people needed to be financially independent from white-dominated societies, Garvey launched various businesses in the United States, including the Negro Factories Corporation and Negro World Newspaper. In 1919, he became president of the Black Star Line Shipping and Passenger Company, designed to forge a link between North America and Africa and facilitate African-American migration to Liberia. In 1923, Garvey was convicted of mail fraud for selling the company's stock, and he was imprisoned in the United States Penitentiary in Atlanta for nearly two years. Many commentators have argued that the trial was politically motivated, and, Marky, Mar and Marcus Garvey blamed Jewish people claiming that they were prejudiced against him because of his links to the KKK. After his sentence was commuted by U.S. President Calvin Coolidge, he was deported to Jamaica in 1927. The UNIHA had several chapters throughout not only the United States but in many other countries. And the numbers are described to be in the hundreds of thousands of participants. He was a controversial figure 
Some of the African diaspora communities regarded him as a pretentious demagogue, and they were highly critical of his collaboration with white supremacists. His violent rhetoric and his prejudice against mixed-race people, encouraging a sense of pride and self-worth among Africans and the African diaspora. Amid widespread poverty that he was seeing all throughout the world, discrimination and colonialism. There are several people who have studied Marcus Garvey to include Malcolm X, to include Martin Luther King and the Black Panthers, who upon studying more closely and I hope that we will take that opportunity to study more closely Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey did die in 1940 um, in London and was later returned to Jamaica where he was uh, then finally buried. He is considered uh, a national hero particularly in Jamaica, but we recognize him as well, and we wish rest in peace to Marcus Garvey, but he is, his spirit is reaching out to us as we are talking about him today. So we use this as an opportunity, please, to uh, Sister Afua, if you would, um, recognize our guest today who will help us learn more about Marcus Garvey and Garvey Fett. No, most definitely. First, I'd like to say Ashe to your ancestral profile and thank you for that um, very informative um, historical um, information. Um very honored and pleased to have our guest um, this evening who um, is here um, to represent um, a very um, uh, loving and giving organization in the city of Milwaukee. We have Brother Melvin Johnson. He is a member of the Pan-African Revolutionary Specialist, I mean Socialist Party, since 2000. He is the father of three and the husband of Erica. He is, Brother Johnson is an educator by trade and is committed to providing African youth a learning framework that centers the African identity, historic contributions, African resilience to oppression, and an overall understanding of the forces that seek to keep us divided. And these goals are realized in a community-based weekend school, um, which I call Watoto. Um, I will ask uh, Brother Johnson to give the full name um, because it's a tongue twister for me. But it is a children's freedom school um, that meets 
every other Sunday morning. Uh, and again, my honor, and uh, thank you, Brother Johnson, for um, coming on and educating us with your knowledge. Um, good evening. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Uh, man, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you all. And just keeping with, you know, some of the greatest traditions uh, that, that, that we borrow from our homeland, Africa, um, I, I must ask for permission to speak. And the elder, our elder, Queen Mother, and Baba Rogers. Yeah, permission granted. Thank you all. Thanks so much. Yeah, so, man, I, it's an honor to be here with you all. I mean, I'm sitting with my legs crossed because I certainly understand, and I'm clear that I stand on the shoulder of giants, and um, I'm honored to even um, to be in company with you all. So I'm the one that's being educated here tonight, and I appreciate every opportunity to enhance my own learning. So thank you all for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so we can start this icebreaker. Can you um, share a little bit about um, your journey of pan of, of, of being a pan African? Absolutely. So um, again, Brother Melvin, um, I, I was actually born in Mississippi. I'm gonna give you like a little historical background. Um, born in Mississippi. Uh, who, uh, with, with five siblings, um, mom and father were in the home, mom left, and just like um, many of us are aware of this sort of uh, northern migration in the south, we moved from the uh, Delta, Mississippi, into Chicago, um, obviously looking for our opportunities there, my mom was, um, and from uh, Chicago, it eventually we ended in Milwaukee, where I was formally educated, um, high school, um, elementary high school here here in Milwaukee and then um, finishing at Solomon Juno High School which is no longer around um, I did go to uh, University of Wisconsin Milwaukee where um, I was introduced uh, to a class that was entitled Black Reality and I sat in class with um, Dr. Ahmed Mbalia and for me it was a, a, a eye-opening experience um, that, that that changed the course of my life. Um, and it was in that initial class that I began to ask questions around identity um, that he would ask towards us who, and, 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 and we'd engage in deep conversation around what identity meant for us. Um, and my interest in the subject led me to take more uh, classes um, in Africology until I just, I, I knew that that's exactly what I wanted to do. So I ended up majoring in um, Africology. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, sit in the classroom with some of the greatest educators this city has ever seen, Dr. Rogers being one of them. Um, and that is where the initial framework was developed. Um, having developed a relationship with both Dr. Ahmed Mbalia and uh, Dr. Dorita Mbalia, uh, we, I sort of became politically involved through organizations uh, with the Africans on the Move uh, community-based organization uh, that, which later um, 
kicks into me being a member of the Pan-African Revolutionary Socialist Party. Uh, so that's where, that, you know, that's the genesis of my, um, my involvement in PRSC and Pan-Africanism. So it started in, in formal education and then the interest that was sparked within in that classroom and uh, obviously within the community. So since 2000, actually 98, or the, the period I was in school was 95, 94 to 99. Um, so that's where that, that spark uh, was realized. And since that moment, I've never been outside of an organization. So um, share a little bit about the philosophy of panism, pan-Africanism, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, absolutely. Pan-Africanism, obviously, you talked about, and, and we had the opportunity to listen to information around uh, Marcus Mosiah Garvey, who was one of the um, you know foremost fathers of, of uh, Pan-Africanist ideology and idea. Um, so Pan-Africanism basically is the understanding that land is primary, first of all. And like Marcus Garvey uh, reminded all of us, uh, no matter... Uh, where you're from, if you're black, you're African, right? And so land is primary, and we owe our allegiance to our own land base. As much as um, Asians owe their owe their allegiance to their land base from Asia, um, Europeans to U- Europe, um, Africans uh, to Africa, certainly. Pan Africanism believes that uh, believe in the total unification and liberation of Africa under a socialist government. So. Um, we, we talk about a formula um, once realized, right? Because going back to this thought, land being primary and our homeland, Africa, being uh, the richest uh, land base in, in this entire world, uh, where you find all the most uh, sought-after minerals and uh, resources right there in Africa, whether you're talking about the gold, the oil, um, the, 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 the coltan, and all of the natural resources that you see all the European and Asian countries in there siphoning out of our, uh, our, our home base. We understand that uh, once we are able uh, to uh, liberate our land, to free our land of the neo-colonial puppets that exist in, in, on the continent right now, then that land can be used uh, as a power source, obviously, because of the resources that exist there. So from land comes wealth and wealth comes power. And from that power, we demand respect. Um, Similar to what uh, we recognize with China and Asia, once China sets its borders and um, go into a period of of, of rebuilding, um, once the, 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 the Chinese come out of that rebuilding process, the image of the Chinese is, is, is forever changed. And I mean, I think we can talk about that even to this day. If we're sitting in class or we're across from um, someone who is Asian. We don't know if they're from China or not. Uh, the idea is that they might be smart, right? Or that they have some, some level of intelligence to them. And that's uh, a byproduct of what China was able to do. We believe in the same thing. How do we achieve that? We achieve that through um, the liberation and unification of our land base and the controlling of the resources on that land base and a socialist structure that would allow for every person on that continent to be provided needs, basically provided based on their needs, right? 
um, to each according to their needs. Um, and, and, and that's what, a, you know, that's a general idea of uh, the principles of Pan-Africanism. All right. Thank you um, for that. Um, at this time, we're going to pause and allow Dr. James to present our sponsor. And then we'll come back to our conversation. Yes. Our sponsor is EDOC Advice, and it is a website created to provide a place to go to get answers to your health or medical concerns. Are you wanting more options that you feel you are getting than you are personally getting? Let us help you problem solve. Go to our website and ask your question. Our experienced professionals will help you obtain the help you need to feel empowered. Are you wanting to know what your options are? Well, EDOC Advice Professionals will help you. Go to our website and ask your question. That's www.edocadvice.com. EDOC Advice. Thank you. And we are getting close to the top of the hour. We have uh, been just digging in just little steps into Marcus Garvey as well as into, hopefully, we're going to go more into the second uh, part of our uh, broadcast into Garvey Fest. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, today, but we've got to give you the foundation as to the significance of Marcus Garvey. I had um, an experience today that I've not ever allowed myself that opportunity. While in Chicago, I was able to attend my first Bud Billiken parade. And this is a start of the school season. Uh, it is a black event, and um, I felt like those um, many thousands of uh, black uh, participants in the parade that were organized by Marcus Garvey, and to walk through the neighborhood and to listen to and to see the youth as they perform so proudly and so beautifully, to see them walk through the community was such a tough, touching experience. And I had never allowed myself that opportunity, although I've had relatives who spoke about attending the Bud Billiken Parade. So this gives me a sense of what was going on in the early 1920s when Marcus Garvey led through uh, parade being an example, uh, seeing the greatness, the beauty of our people through their own communities, celebrating their own businesses in Harlem and throughout the other cities where there were UNIA chapters. And this is something we have lost as we have lost an understanding of our history 
uh, Marcus Garvey being one that we must we must take the opportunity to read to listen more uh, about and his speeches in his own words are available to us and that to me was extremely exciting many times we read about people but to have the opportunity to hear in the words of that uh, speaker is extremely exciting and so uh, in keeping with the teaching that I am learning of African spirituality of the Nguza Saba and as we learn about through our uh, organization the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee we are learning about our history and we're learning that many of this uh, is not new and that to me is extremely exciting when you see where some of our more modern uh, writers our more modern speakers are really drawing from information and the uh, what they've learned by listening to Marcus Garvey and so I, I find this is a great opportunity for us to be inspired and to carry out and and uh, follow perhaps more uh, what was established was introduced by Marcus Garvey and um, and we're trying to do that here today uh, as as we are talking about this um, very um, uh, powerful and empowering uh, person uh, within our history. And so as we go to our top of the hour, we will back, be back shortly, and, um, and we're going to talk more with our esteemed guest, Mr. Melvin Johnson. Young words come to pass. Marcus, young words come to pass. You can't get no food to eat. You can't get no money to spend. You can't get no food to eat. can't get no money to spend. And you, hello, come in one call, oh, let me do what I can, for you or you alone, oh, you know the right and do it like, shall be Right, 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 right
Finley Medical Clinic. We serve uninsured, underinsured, and insured individuals. Open Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414-988-3079. Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients. Vaccines and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an well, appointment today at 414 calling the story, quote, a hoax. Reuters could not immediately confirm the Washington Post report. Attorney General Merrick Garland has declined to publicly detail the nature of the investigation. Trump loyalists have echoed the former president's allegations that the FBI search was politically motivated. House Republican conference for Elise Stefanik on Friday declared what she... You are listening to the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee radio broadcast. The host... An executive producer is Dr. Janine James. All of their programs are archived, so go to www.timeforanawakening.com and place in the search portal, Elders. The Sankofa Council of Milwaukee is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank Radio Network. Reach out to them at Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. And I repeat, Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. All right. Um, we're back and we are um, preparing to open up the lines for our callers. If you have any questions, um, would like to comment on our discussion, um, please call us at area code 215-490-9832. And we have our guest, Brother Melvin Johnson of the African on the Move and the Pan-African Revolutionary Socialist Party. Um, and we will further our discussion regarding uh, the Marcus Garvey 33rd celebration here in Milwaukee. Um, and let's get back um, the uh, so save the date. We will um, be providing you with more detail on uh, dates and time. Um, so uh, get your pen and paper ready. Uh, so it will be repeated again. It is coming up this week. And um, so we want you to, again, to be ready. Um, Brother Johnson, we um, were talking about the philosophy of um, Marcus Garvey and how um, it has played a role in your life and how you have given back to our community. Um, before... Uh, the next question I wanted to know if uh, Queen Mother or Dr. James had a question for you at all. I'm, I'm excited to hear what um, Melvin Johnson has to share no. with us all right. before I hit him with some more questions. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Brother Johnson, if you could 
um, give us some history, a uh, brief uh, history of how um, the Africans on the Move, well, actually Africans on the Move organization, and how you, the organization came up with the concept and um, for honoring uh, Marcus Garvey. Um, Dr. James has already mentioned that his birthday is coming up. Um, and so th 33 years strong, that says a lot about the consistency yeah. and the re and of, of hosting such an event. Right. So, um, to begin, you know, Africans on the Move we're, is a nonprofit uh, community organization that's comprised of Africans, uh, people born throughout throughout the world, actually. And our objective is to provide African people with educational information and cultural events that push push forward the struggle uh, for our, our liberation. Um, the, the Garvey Fest, sort of Gar it, it initially started Garvey Day. We used to have Marcus Garvey Day. And I think that was in keeping with the national uh, recognition of Marcus Garvey. Um, I think nationally people tend to celebrate, and actually internationally, celebrate Garvey around his birthday, which is August 17th, as you uh, mentioned uh, earlier. And for us, it, you know, we were, we were keeping with the same tradition of uh, recognizing Marcus Garvey uh, during this time. Historically, we've had four um, celebrations, four programs, four major programs that um, we, we aspire to um, put on every year, Marcus Garvey um, being one of them. We had our Tubman Michelle, which was our women's program that we have. There was always a youth um, conference as well. And you mentioned uh, earlier about Watoto Yuhuru Shule, which is Children's Freedom School, um, that we offer every other Sunday. It's a free um, educational opportunity for young people um, from the ages. And my own kids matriculated this space from, we have two-year-old Watotos. And that's uh, Swahili for just Children's Freedom School, Watoto Yuhuru Shule, Children's Freedom School. Um, so all the way from two up to 20 years old um, uh, and, and, and being participants in the senior group uh, within within that Watoto Yuhuru Shule. Um, so Garvey came out of that. So it predates me and my involvement, but um, the organization itself began um, celebrating Marcus Garvey. Some people who are familiar with uh, the city of Milwaukee remember uh, on the east side there used to be a natatorium on center and I believe either Richards or whatever and right in that space that became the Aurora Weir Center right behind there is where uh, the initial uh, Marcus Garvey uh, Day celebration used to exist we then um, later on moved to um, the Black Historical Society Wisconsin Black Historical Society right there on 27th uh, with Brother Claiborne Benson was um, gracious enough to host us uh, for many, many years right there on his property in the back, um, Marcus Garvey Fest uh, used to exist. So I would say around uh, somewhere in between 2005, 2010, uh, we shifted from Marcus Garvey Day to Marcus Garvey Festival, and we wanted to celebrate um, more than one day because we had a, a, a pretty positive turnout, and we offered, you know, social, political, and cultural programming on that day. We just wanted to expand on that. 
so it became Marcus Garvey Fest because we celebrated uh, for that two days as opposed to the one day. Um, and since then, uh, we've been um, at the old YMCA at Park Lawn that has uh, since closed. And then um, moving again to uh, the uh, African-American Women's Center uh, right there on 3020 West Elite, where on August 20th, I believe next Saturday, we'll be having our in-person celebration there again. Um, so right there on uh, 30th and Belit, uh the African-American Women's Center, um, the, the great honorable Dr. Josephine Hill has been so gracious and um, impactful in assisting us with finding a home for uh, Garvey Fest. We are just now coming back to in-person. Obviously, there's been some complications with the COVID pandemic, and we did offer uh, Garvey Fest virtually over the last two years. And even this year, we'll be offering a virtual option as well. So right on Marcus Garvey birthday, August 17th, um, we'll, we'll have uh, the virtual um, Garvey Fest. So um, I'll give you all information where you can um, find uh, that, that posting uh, for the virtual piece. Um, so yeah, so that's going back 30, 30, 33 years. So we've moved around quite a bit. We've changed from a one day celebration to a Marcus Garvey Fest. Um, and I know a lot of people, w w they hear us talk about Marcus Garvey, but we certainly honor the contributions of both Amy Ashwood Garvey and Amy Jacques Garvey as well. So it's Garvey's plural, uh, festival. And, and that's, certainly one that um we're mindful of of, of of that so that that gender reality that we have to uh continuously keep at the forefront our african women are the uh, single most oppressed individual on the planet earth um and she doesn't need to have uh the african brother piling on with um any type of abuse or 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 not giving credit to her contribution because as the African woman goes, so does the nation. Thank you for that. Um, since you mentioned the two, um, could you identify um, what who they are and what role they play? Amy and yeah, Amy. So um, Amy Ashwood Garvey, um, Jamaican as well. Um, first wife. Um, extremely instrumental in the development of both UNIA and the African Community ACL, um, and then also Amy Ashwell Garvey, who is his uh, second wife. Both of them um, politically astute, incredibly uh, strong in organizing, and um, without uh, without them keeping those records and without them helping move uh, and, and, and sort of being that that, that guiding force. Uh, behind uh, Marcus Garvey and in many cases in front of Marcus Garvey, uh, the movement doesn't exist the way we understand it today. So their contribution was immeasurable uh, to the UNIA and ACL. And certainly the countless of, of thousands of people who uh, were partners in that organization, who were members of that organization. So uh, while they were the leadership, it was those Garveyites around the world um, that really kept 
the understanding and the movement move uh, that the momentum of what Marcus Garvey was preaching and what many people, many of his contemporaries were, were talking about and, and, and coming to some understanding around uh, Pan-Africanism, whether you're looking at Trinidad with um, C.L.R. James or George Patmore coming out of Trinidad as well, or even the sister Claudia Jones coming out of Trinidad, we understand that the Caribbean played a significant role in the development and understanding of Pan-Africanism. Uh, France Fanon, who um, comes out of Martinique and is pivotal in the Algerian struggle against the French um, uh, for, 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 for liberation. Um, and, and, and even Malcolm X, one of his parents, I believe, was from Grenada. So the Caribbean plays a significant role in that development of um, the ideology of Pan-Africanism. All right, thank you. So true. Um, so I want to. I have a. I have go a back. question I would like to pose. Okay, um, can you give me a, a moment to, to ask this question real quick? Um, the okay. African African on the move and the Pan African Revolutionary Socialist Party. Um, that is a national or those are at national organizations. They're not just local, correct? Yeah, Pan-African Revolutionary Social Party has, you know, membership around the country and um, members at home as well. Uh, when I say home, I, I, you know, obviously we're talking about Africa, our homeland. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's membership there um, throughout the U.S. as well. Um, Virginia, namely, um, and, and, well, the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, um, there's membership there as well. Okay, thank you. Go ahead, Dr. Jane. Dr. Jane? Okay, um, maybe her... Are you there? Hello? Yes, we can hear Are you. Are you here? Yes, we can hear I you. wanted to bring up this, this point. Um, I've been so impressed in Milwaukee about the many programs that exist, um, such as uh, the Africans on the Move, but I am um, also struggling with a community that is having such difficulty uh, applying principles. It was in Milwaukee that I first came to know about the um, um, organizations that exist nationally, um, learning about um, Juneteenth. I, I never knew that when I was living in Chicago. Never learned any. Never attended, as I said, the Bud Billiken Parade and, and that being a Black Pride organization. And I learned these things in Milwaukee. So there obviously are people there who are socially aware, politically aware, but it also is a city that struggles in terms of implementing the self-determination. And we have had a community, for example, that has endured and accepted the fact that we have the highest um, 
incidence of infant mortality to black women. And we have stood by and have not addressed it. Um, and we have the incarceration of our black uh, men, particularly, and we have not addressed it in the spirit of Garveyism. And, and that was, uh, I think, a valuable seed. It's not too late, and we're talking about these things now. But, um, Baba Johnson, we would appreciate if you could share your thoughts on my observations. Uh, absolutely. Let's, um, so it, 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 it's a couple of ways to look at this. Uh, one, I think you, if I'm hearing you, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, absolutely. There is there there's a struggle um, that exists within the space in, in Milwaukee that exists nationally, that exists internationally, with um, the impact, the global impact of capitalism and the the profit motive. I, I, what, whatever area of human relations you want to talk about, whether we're talking about economics, education, entertainment, law, labor, politics, religion, or war, um, you'll you'll find. Um, the conditions that exist whereby the African is on, on the bottom of the totem pole. Um, Milwaukee is, is, is no different. Um, infant mortality rate, um, access to health care, uh, employment, education, uh, we, we struggle with, with all of that. All of those are, are, are the impact of, of, of capitalism that we recognize as, as our enemy. Um, that, that the system that uh, allows for the very few to own and operate and control um, the, 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 the resources and, and obviously the wealth that comes from that. So there's no wonder that we, we have this when we have the greatest disparity of, of wealth um, right now than has ever existed in the entire world. And that's right here in the United States. And that's the impact of capitalism um, and all the isms that come after that, whether you're talking about the racism, the sexism, classism that comes after that. For us, we understand that while we, there are organizations that are struggling for, uh, around those issues and those conditions, um, we, we understand that the permanent solution is, is pan-Africanism. Is it important to have... Uh, understanding of how we are being impacted by global capitalism absolutely do we need organizations on the ground um, struggling uh, you know for labor uh, rights to struggle for basic uh, human rights absolutely um, but for us we also understand what's more important or what is primary and what is a permanent solution to the condition of the Africa um, the African throughout the entire world is that land base. And for us to reclaim and, and liberating our land base, Africa, using the resources that come from our land base to enrich those who exist and live on that land base, the African. And once we're able to do that and to control those resources, we come to the bargaining table with bargaining chips and, and are able to demand 
the the equal treatment of the African wherever the African is around the world. Um, so yeah, that those 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 problems certainly do exist, um, and that's also why we recognize Marcus Garvey um, because Marcus Garvey was a an organizer. There's nothing that we can do individually. There hasn't been any type of significant or radical change that has existed within the history of the African outside of an organization. While individuals uh, and, and small groups can serve as the vanguard, it is the power of the collective, the power of the people, uh, whereby we're able uh, to see um, the types of change that we know we, 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 we long for and that we will eventually uh, see. Um, but that doesn't come outside of organization. So organization, organization, and organization is the key. And I think the, the, when you speak of organization, let me take that a step further, the word unity. And, and that is certainly a part of the Nguza Sava, uh, helping us to understand the value of unity. And, and so we have a number of groups, and those groups, are not working together, then we don't allow ourselves the strength and the power of those individual groups collectively through a unified um, effort to achieve some of the goals that we know are essential. And I think some of us still need and that includes me, and I'm here to, to acknowledge that, uh, to help us connect the dots. Sure. I didn't understand until I worked in Brooklyn at the Kings County Hospital, and I would round on patients, and in each room there was a black patient. But those patients were from different parts of the world. Many of them spoke different languages. But we had some things, many things, which were in common. And so I have to think about even the liberation of many of the countries on the continent of Africa may have, in fact, been impacted by the message of Marcus Garvey, even though he never visited there. We do have a means of communicating and um, and it's still needed now as much as it was needed 150 years ago um, so um, I think this is the value of the Garvey Fest activities and, and I'm going to stop right now because I could go on but I, I'm, I'm so delighted that you are here uh, as you can help us achieve um, in a direction of unity and, and as you pointed out, through the efforts of organizations. And yeah. I'm so glad that you um, included in your observation, Dr. James, um, the activities that will come about on this week. Um, for the 33rd uh, Marcus Garvey Fest 
And that was going to be my next question of what um, would a participant um, look or, or uh, experience on the virtual on Wednesday, which is August 14th, um, and, and share with us how one can join the virtual on the, uh, actually, I'm sorry, I said 14th, I apologize, 14th is tomorrow, the 17th, Wednesday the 17th. Um, so, Brother Johnson, can you tell us um, how one can participate? Sure. Um, so, there'll, there'll be information on our website. It's um, PanAfricanRevolutionarySocialistParty.org. It's one word, PanAfricanRevolutionarySocialistParty. Dot org. Um, the information will be shared there um, and a, a link um, to the uh, virtual um, the, the virtual celebration for Garvey. Um, that virtual piece, we, 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 we took the thing from our calendar, and, and I failed to mention that every year um, we produce a, a calendar. And a beautiful the calendar. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so the calendar, the theme for this year's calendar is the African world is on fire. Um, and so we, we, we looked at uh, throughout the African diaspora and, and, and really examined in different parts of the diaspora how we're being impacted, um, you know, by global capitalism and, and, and stressing the need for us to um, be organized and to be a part of a, a, a pan-African organization, pan-African revolutionary uh, organization that looks at socialism you know, as an economic structure that's needed. Um, so whether we're talking about Azania in the South or Nigeria, uh, Mozambique or Mali, uh, Libya, Ethiopia, um, even uh, Haiti, and then the United States, we um, talk about how uh, the African, regardless of where they are, are being um, impacted um, by our enemy. Um, and, and so when, when you look at the uh, virtual piece, you'll see our Watotos, and I mentioned our Watotos, our young people, our children, will be uh, reading pieces from the calendar, reading those pieces and educating our viewers on uh, those different areas around the uh, uh, diaspora and how we're being impacted. So that's a, a treat for us uh, for the virtual piece. Uh, so it'll be released August 17th. Um, Again, you can visit the uh, website panafricanrevolutionarysocialistparty.org to um, obtain the link for, for the virtual piece. Uh, and then, again, on August 20th, uh, we will be back in person uh, to celebrate uh, Garvey in person where there's always uh, vendors that will be there, so uh, a little small sampling of the African uh, creativity within the city of Milwaukee which we have uh, some incredible artisans uh, around the city, and we'll have uh, some, some, some quite a few vendors that will be there. Um, there wouldn't be a uh, Garvey Fest without some type of political education, so we'll have speakers there uh, from different organizations, and then some cultural expressions, whether it be uh, song or spoken word for some of the artists right here in the city of Milwaukee as well. So that'll be um, from 1 to 5, on Saturday, August 20th at 3020 West Belief Street, right at the African American Women's Center. 
and one of my favorites um, in participating with with the festival is our Black History trivia. Um, oh, you remember that? <laughs> I, oh, most definitely. And I think we also did it in a like a Jeopardy game as well. Yeah, um, yeah, a Jeopardy absolutely. format. So yeah, yep. the creativity is always there in how to bring about uh, self identity. Uh, from a black historical standpoint um, yeah. and so it's everlasting and I am a grandparent who participated with my grand with a grandchild of mine um, for Watoto this um, year um, and I'm always learning something I mean it's always so to me I'm one of those I'm a child of education as well because there are so many things that I'm still learning. Um, there's those uh, um, YouTube um, connections that uh, the documentaries that you present um, that ties into the, the theme of the of, of that class. Um, yep. It 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 feeds. It really feeds the soul, and it allows us to then identify who we are and where we come from, and that pride and that self love and so I would encourage people to um, look into, I, I don't know if it's on Facebook. Where I know Facebook has the virtual, because um, yep. on the flyer it's identified with your Facebook page. But also if they go onto um, the Facebook, on the Facebook page to find out about the Watoto, he, yep. I always get tongue-tied. So I'm still, like I said, I'm learning <laughs> The language um, they took from us, I'm a perfect walking example of not knowing my native tongue. And so I am trying to um, work on that brain um, switch in order to be able to be comfortable in speaking my native language. Um, right. And, and so I, and I, I did. Go sorry, ahead. Thank you for mentioning that Facebook page. I, I don't know why I completely forgot but um, the link will certainly be on Facebook. In fact, I believe that where the, 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 the video will be housed actually on the Facebook page. So www.facebook.com backslash Pan-African Socialist. Again, it's uh, www.facebook.com backslash Pan-African Socialist. And, okay. um, yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Um hold that thought for a moment um, and we're going to jump into um, for anybody who's interested in joining in the conversation, have a question um, again we welcome you to call our number is area code 215-490-9832 and if you would like to learn more about the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee and the Elders learn why we sponsor this program, understand our purpose and our mission. We welcome you to participate. We welcome you to reach out to us by um, sending an email to sankofacouncilmke at gmail.com. Um, and feel free to share with us your thoughts. Um, if there's a topic that you're interested in, um, possibly that we could um, have further discussion on. Um, we are open and definitely welcoming um, your input and your thoughts. 
Uh, Sister um, Pua, I'd like to ask yes. a question if I could. Maybe ask oh, Brother Johnson to elaborate a little bit. Uh, I know one of the strong focal points of Africa on the Move uh, has been uh, the Saturday schools that you have operated. And I know that one of the things that we do on the Black Reality Think Tank is we push the idea of others creating and developing Saturday schools. Even the Sankofa Council, we are encouraging our members to look at the possibility of studying and operating a Saturday school. What advice would you give us, or give one, who may be interested in doing that? Because now you all have been doing it for many, 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 many years. Uh, so what advice would you give one who might want to embark upon a mission like that? No, I think it's a, it's a vital, vital importance that we begin to really engage the space around teaching our young people in education. And to uh, quote Malcolm, only a fool will allow his enemy to teach his children. I think that so many of our young people um, go into these public school spaces and they're, they're seen as cogs that are unable to fit within these spaces that they have predetermined for them. And African identities don't always or necessarily fit within the structures that they create for them. So it's imperative that the African student is centered within their own educational experience. So how do you center a young person when you recognize their identity? Who are you? Who are your people? And what is your purpose? These three essential questions that have to be addressed by everyone. Um, and that's not done within a Eurocentric framework. Um, so it's important and imperative that we begin to do that work on our own. So my advice to anyone is to, to, to do it, right? Uh, okay. to, to begin it, um, get it started, work with like-minded individuals who have a clear objective of what type uh, of the importance of education and then understanding the, the how critical identity is in the education framework um, so that these young people coming out uh, these spaces know exactly who they are, um, where they come from, and what their their purpose is. If you're able to address those questions within that uh, framework, within that structure that you've created, mm -hmm. then you, you, you're doing a solid job. And then to ask questions, to continue to develop, uh, to continue. All right, I see, I see. Uh, one last question, uh, Sister Poole, if I may. Um, it already um, boots on the ground and doing this work. Uh, okay. Yep. I was saying I got one other question um, I wanted to ask if I could. Um, go ahead, go ahead. I know okay. also also in your program and the things that you've been doing, uh, you have always had a strong focus on the work and vision of Kwame Nkuma. And I, obviously because of his Pan-Africanist uh, lean uh, and his uh, energy in Pan-African movement. But uh, are you still doing that? Is that something now that... Uh, has elevated itself uh, to look at Nkuma's vision and work. And I know that you all always read the book Consciousism uh, as a as a philosophical base uh, to operate that. Is that still at work with the organization? Uh, no, absolutely. You know, Kwame Nkuma, for those who don't know, becomes the first president of, of Ghana, formerly Gold Coast, uh, who 
sort of expands uh, and extends the work of you know Marxism and Engels to and apply it in, in the book you mentioned, Concernism, to the African and the conditions of the African. So in order for us to have a, a stronger and better understanding of uh, you know the idea of Pan Africanism, uh, we do study um, Kwame and Kuma. Um, uh, extensively, um, so his work is important. Whether you're talking about the Handbook of Revolutionary Warfare, right. uh that 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 you mentioned, the many conferences and the papers and other books that he's written um, are of vital importance. And the work of Emil Cabral, again Padmore, who has strong influence, uh, Tom, uh, Sankara. Uh, um, so all of these individuals, but in Kuma, as you mentioned, um, and Dr. Doretha Mbalia, um, who has studied in Kuma, has written um, several books uh, on Kwame and Kuma, is, you know, one of those sort of focal points for us to uh, continue to study as he um, really engages the work and paints a, a clear picture for us um, and what has to be done and how we can go by achieving our goal of pan Africanism. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I think, I think what has um, been mentioned um, is validation to the fact of uh, you talking about unifying. Um, we have uh, different backgrounds in in certain areas of education, but the the focus is still the same from an Afrocentric or an African world view. Um, and, it's, and it is time for us to start to come together and to understand each other's um, viewpoints. And there's nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. I mean, there's more commonality than differences, but I don't see anything wrong with the fact of understanding where someone else is coming from and the importance, as you said, about our children not knowing who they are. That is very important. All they have been taught is that they have been, they are slaves, even though our people were enslaved. And we still um, identify our ancestors as as slaves. And, and that really, um, it bothers my spirit when mm -hmm. I hear another uh, black person calling their ancestors and those that were here on this on this land that developed what the United States is now our forefathers and mothers and and they and they identify them as slaves you wouldn't you don't hear um, the uh, 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 Jewish um, people talk about um, those that were um, prison in prison and also had a uh, slavery of uh, a, a, a slave type of servitude um, when mm -hmm. they were taken um, and and I, I can you kind of touch on that before you do hold that thought I would like to open it up also for sponsors um, they are more than welcome to be a part and support the Sankofa Council do you have a service you want others to know about? Have you written a book we need to read? 
consider becoming a sponsor, send us an email at sankofamke at gmail.com. Support the program that is working for you by bringing to you information you will not hear anywhere else that you need to know. Contributions to support our broadcast efforts can be made to PayPal, Sankofa, Think at Outlook.com. And um, thank you. Doctor, um, before uh, you, you, may, brother, you, you now, may have a caller, too. I wanted to, that's a, what I wanted to know. If we had any callers. You may have one. Um, brother Johnson, would you mind responding? I mean, holding that response until we um, speak with our caller? No problem at all. Okay. okay thank you, caller. A, welcome. 414-354. 414-354. Are you listening? Or would Hello, you like caller. Caller, 414-354 is the number. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. If you have a question, we'll come back to you. Um, Brother Johnson, if you could respond to those thoughts. Um, I'll tell you what I gleaned from uh, what some of you, what, what you were saying. And, um, again, we talked about, the importance of identity and I'm reminded one of the first lessons and uh, something that stuck with me um, when when dealing with identity I'm reminded of a Malcolm X quote or a question that he posed and that if a cat has kittens in the oven are they biscuits mm-hmm. and initially a person would say well, well that doesn't make any sense and that no, if a cat has uh, have its babies in the oven, they're still kittens. So if an African has its babies in this place that they call America, what are they? They're still African, right? So when when trying to explain, and that's what one of the things that you love about Malcolm is the way he was able to explain things in such plain English, um, and his ability to connect with a large and wide range of, of individuals, regardless of you know their their astuteness, if you if you will. Um, and so when we talk about identity, that's extremely important that people understand that. And like Marcus um, taught us, uh, if you're black, you're African, right, regardless of, of where you are. So how do we restore the um, identity of an African? Because I, I come from a period when I was younger, and I'm, I'm not um, as, as, as seasoned. I'm not as old. I'm not ashamed to say I'm 49 years old. Um, but I come from a, when I was young that people called you an African booty scratcher, right? And we use that term. And, and even now you'll find people who are hesitant, hesitant to identify themselves as African if they, um, you know, are melanated. They, 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 they hesitate to identify themselves as African. And that's because the, the image of the African hasn't been restored to its, 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 its splendor that it's deserving of based on our contribution to humanity. We, 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 we birthed, we gave birth to this, this world's first humanity. We are the artisans, uh, the original mathematicians, scientists, and so on and so forth. Before Europe was even thought of being civilized, we had already been old. Um, so that's why it's important for us um, to engage 
in, in political education. And once we are educated, we're able to um, then pass on that education to our young people. Um, but yeah, engaging in that space is of critical importance and addressing that piece around the primacy of land and identity are going to be some of those essential lessons for anyone looking to uh, begin their own children's freedom school. So true. Thank you uh, for that. And and I'm I'm referring back to the flyer uh, because the theme, um, Brother Johnson didn't complete it. As he mentioned, the African world is on fire. Only a united socialist African can extinguish it. And I think that's very powerful. Um, that says a lot. Um, and so, again, um, Brother Johnson, can you um, provide the information of how to participate virtually on Wednesday, August 17th, and then um, the in-person Saturday um, program? Yeah, uh, for the virtual program, again, you'll visit our Facebook page, uh, www.facebook.com backslash Pan African Socialist, that's P A N A F R I C A N S O C I A L I S T, backslash. So www.facebook.com backslash Pan African Socialist, backslash. And then um, you can certainly um, check us out on, at our, uh, our, our website, Pan African Revolutionary Socialist Party. Dot org where the link to uh, the video should be uploaded as well. And then, of course, um, that's the virtual piece. And in person, uh, this coming uh, Saturday, August 20th, uh, right at 3020 uh, West Valley Street at the African American Women's Center. And so we're having uh, what we call a barbecue. It is our way to sort of reintroduce ourselves to the community because we have been been away um, from the community in, in the physical sense um, due to the, you know, the impact of uh, COVID for the last couple of years. So we are returning to in-person um, right there on 30th and Valide at 3020 West Valide, the African American uh, Women's Center. And that is from 1 to 5. From 1 to um, 5, Right. We're going to be um, closing pretty soon. And can you um, share a part with us um, in the next three minutes um, some closing remarks that you would like to share with everyone? Well, certainly. Thank you. First of all, I have to say, um, you know, thank you for having me uh, represent uh, the Pan-African Revolutionary Socialist Party and the Africans on the Move organization. Um, if I had anything that I would want to share is, you know, one, um, I'm just an individual, but I'm a part of an organization. And um, I've been able to be a part of an organization that stresses the importance of political education. Um, and through our political education, we're able to identify um, who, who our enemy is and develop strategies and tactics uh, that will be able uh, to be used um, in complete effort to uh, unify and liberate our homeland of Africa and use those natural resources uh, for the wealth of the people. Um, 
So that's of great importance to me um, and, and to, to any and everyone under the sound of my voice, um, for them to understand, to know no matter uh, where you are, if you're black, you're an African. Um, Amy Ashwood, Amy Jacques, and Marcus Garvey has played a very significant role in um, giving us our, our liberation flag and giving us a, a sort of uh, a, a, a goal to reach um, in terms of this, this idea around Pan-Africanism. For those people who um, they hear me and they hear me talking about Africa being home and Pan-Africanism and would probably ask the question, well, have you ever been home to Africa? Me, my, I've never been home. Marcus Garvey never made it home, never touched land base on continental Africa. And he is no less African than Ahmed Sekou Touré, no less African than Steve Biko, no less African than Asada Shakur, uh, than Mary McLeod Bethune, um, uh, Julius Nair, France Fanon. Regardless of, uh, of, of where you look around the world, if you're black, you're African, and you owe your allegiance to your home base, I would stress to anyone the importance of being a part of an organization. Again, there has never been any type of significant change that has been made in this world outside of an organized force. It's important that you attempt to find some type of pan-African uh, revolutionary organization or party. And we're not talking about a dance party, but we're talking about a party that has developed and designed a scientific method of organizing, of uh, putting in uh, what primary uh, is the uh, political education structure within there, uh, moving away from liberalism, being able to criticize ourselves and to accept criticism uh, from our, uh, our, our compatriots. Um, is, is of great importance. And if you have not uh, identified an organization and you want more information, um, visit our website, as I mentioned before, or start your own organization. But um, what is uh, of great importance to us, and, um, you know, time is our, our, our greatest resource and we don't have time to waste. Um, so it's imperative that we all find ways to involve ourselves in some type of organizational structure. And I thank you all for allowing me um, to be heard and for me to be able to listen and learn from you all. And I appreciate it. And we thank you so much for accepting our invitation and coming and representing um, the African on the Move um, and sharing the event the 33rd Marcus Garvey Fest or Garvey's Fest, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. One um, thing I would like to share as I was listening to you, um, and that is, it's our generation who's enjoying the shade of our ancestors who planted the tree. Mm. And with Absolutely. that, I say, I say. Okay. Um, thank you very much. So, in closing... Um, we would like to thank you, Brother Melvin Johnson, for yes. um, joining in this um, powerful conversation um, and bringing to us um, the, again, um, Garvey Fest information. It is uh, this week, 
the 17th and the 20th. We also like to thank those who have joined us today. And our, again, I thank our guests, Dr. Rogers, and the production staff, the Sankofa Council, for its support of this program and for sharing their vision for unity following African-centric principles and helping us to learn and use these principles in our lives. We look forward to bringing you more programs that we hope you will enjoy. Visit our sponsor at www.edocadvice.com and the Finley Medical Clinic. Good night and stay safe. The Sankofa family and all of you until next time, your host, Dr. James. Before you put on this record, understand, this is for all of my ancestors who were raped, who were killed, and hung because of their plight for freedom and for dignity. They died for me, and they died for you. This is for them to know that, yes, even today, in 1992, we are still fired up, and we're still talking about revolution. Yeah.